Awesome. Matthew chapter 5. We're going to, again, look at verses 13 through 16, and then we're going to focus on the latter part of that. But verse 13 of Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, we looked at verse 13 last week and we really analyzed this picture of salt that Jesus uses to to describe to us our identity in him, who we are. We are the salt of the earth. Well, today we're going to look at verses 14 through 16. And see what Jesus has to say about light. He goes from this illustration of salt to describing us as being the light of the world. And so look at verse 14. Let's just begin there. Verse 14 says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Now, just as we did last week, we want to focus in on the very beginning of verse 14 and, and again remind ourselves of the importance of those first two words, you and are. Jesus says you, and he means it in the plural. He uses that word in the plural, which means he's not just talking to individual, he's talking to the collective group of believers before him. Remember, he's, this is during the Sermon on the Mount. And there are thousands and thousands of people before him, but when he says you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world, He's talking about the collective, the believers, the disciples that are a part of that group that day. Everybody on the hillside that day were not followers of Jesus. But he's addressing the ones who are. And he's addressing us, the true church, collectively. You are the light of the world. It's the exact same phrase, the exact same words that he uses in verse 13. And then, again, he uses that word you, and then he uses the word are, which means... He's addressing who we are more than what we do. Now, what we do should be an extension of who we are. But Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. He's he's speaking that over us and giving us that name in the world. Because that identifies who we are in him. But there's something really interesting about verse 14 that, that you may or may not know is that Jesus uses this illustration in verses 14 through 16 of the lamp and the light. He uses it in all four of the Gospels in in some way. But only in Matthew does he use the phrase, you are the light of the world, that he calls his followers the light of the world. But if we look in John, in John chapter 8 verse 12, He uses that phrase, the light of the world, but he uses it differently. Rather than saying, you are the light of the world, in John 8, 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Now, Jesus doesn't contradict himself. It's not that he got it right in one place and wrong in the other place. He doesn't contradict himself at all. So how does Jesus 
say that he is the light of the world and then look at us and say, you are the light of the world. Well, Paul addresses this as well. And in 1 Corinthians 6, 17, Jesus says that when we're united with Jesus, when we come into a relationship with him, that we are one in spirit with him. 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says that, that we are one in spirit with Christ. And then in 1 Thessalonians 5, 5, Paul says this, You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. Now in John 8.12, let's go back to John 8.12 where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. But we have to pay attention to that whole verse and what he says after that. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He says, if you are a follower of me, you no longer walk in darkness, but you will have the light of life. You will have it. You'll hold it. You'll possess it. And the only reason that we can have the light of life is through a relationship with Jesus, and he gives us that light. We can't manufacture that light on our own. So Jesus says that we are the light of the world because he is the light of the world. Amen? We can't be any kind of light on our own. So he says, when, when he says, I am the light of the world, and then he looks at us and says, you are the light of the world, he means you're the light of the world because I am in you and you are in me. We said last week that Jesus, the only way we can be salt is if Jesus makes us salty. Our, our saltiness comes from what he gives us. And it's the same thing with the light. He gives light to all of us, and then we project that light out into the world. It, it, it's kind of like this. You can think of it as Jesus is the sun, and we are the moon. I remember when I was a kid growing up in school, and the, the revelation it was to me for the first time to have a science teacher explain to me that the moon really doesn't shine. The moon really doesn't give off any kind of light on its own. And I thought, what? It's up there. It's shining at night. We can see it. But we all know that the reason the moon shines is because it reflects the light of the sun. When we turn over onto the side of the planet that's opposite the sun, when it gets dark, God gives us the moon. And the sun projects all the light in the universe. And it projects onto the moon and it reflects off the moon onto the, the earth and gives us light at night so we, can, so we can see. It's the same thing with us. Jesus is the source of all spiritual light. Just like the sun is the source of all the light in the universe, Jesus is the source of all spiritual light in the world. He puts his light in us and his light is reflected into the world through the lives that we live. And Jesus calls us the light of the world. It's a little different than, than salt. There's a little bit of a different illustration here. Salt works very subtly. It's not always obvious from the outside that something is salty. You can't just look at something and tell it's salty. You have to taste it. You have to, to get beyond the surface to be able to see that. Sometimes uh, salt does its work subtly and very invisibly sometimes. And I think that that represents our 
indirect influence in the world, the indirect influence of the gospel in the world. It's not always obvious and out front. Because we said many times God is doing the work, his work in people's hearts very invisibly. We don't always see what he's doing. But when he says that you're the light of the world, light is obvious. Light is open. There's no, uh, there's no mistaking light. When there's light that breaks into darkness, it's obvious. It can't be hidden. While our presence in the world should have an internal effect on the world, it should have, um, uh, we, there should be a presence of Christ underneath the, the surface of everything we do. At the same time, when he calls us the light of the world, he says, you, you have to shine. You have to bear my light to be proclaimed. And the thing is, Jesus didn't say that we were salt or light. He didn't really give us a choice as to which one of those we were supposed to be. He says, you are both of those things. Some of us would rather just be salt. Because we would rather just live the life of a disciple and be that subtle influence in the world. And just let people see our faithfulness in our day-to-day life. And then in, 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 we're not upfront about things so much. We don't want to be so out there. But Jesus says, while you're salt, you're also light. So you can't neglect the responsibility you have to project my glory. To stand out. To be different. To speak up. To be heard. To be seen. We can't hide, we can't shine, and then hide. Jesus says that a town or a city that's on a hill can't be hidden. In the day, the silhouette of a town on a hill is going to contrast with the horizon. Um, I don't know how many of you have been to Texas or ever driven through Texas. I've only driven through Texas a couple of times, parts of it. And uh, it's not fun. Can, I, can we just be honest? Texas is some of the most boring driving I've ever done in my entire life because it's so flat. But Texas will fool you because as you're driving along, when you get to a major metropolitan city because it's so flat, you can see the skyline of the city. And you see it way off and you think, wow, we must be close. <laughs> And you're not even close. Like you are so far away. You are even hundreds of miles away. But you can still see it. Because it's there. It's lifted up. There's, there's nothing blocking it. And the silhouette of it contrasts the horizon that's behind it. And it can be seen. A city that big that's set up can't not be seen. And at night... One of the most beautiful things in the world, if you've ever, like, when I love flying on airplane at night because I love to look out the window when you go over a big city and just see the lights of the city glowing from, from the airplane. It's, it's one of my f- favorite things about flying. And I love, if I can fly at night, I would much rather fly at night because I love looking at the lights of the city. I want to show you a picture that I found on um, space website that I uncovered uh, over the weekend. This is a um, this is a composite image of the Earth taken 
from space at night. And obviously, the whole earth isn't in darkness at night all at once. And so this is a series of composite pictures that have been taken as the earth rotates into the darkness all across. And and these pictures have been taken from space and put together to show what scientists call um, the amount of light pollution that comes from the planet. Man-made, manufactured light that shines from the earth. But look at that picture that... All of those pockets of light and little pieces of light that are visible even as far away as space represent life on the earth. All of the major, you can tell where most of the the heavily populated areas, the, the big metropolitan cities are based on that picture. And you can tell um, that the United States, especially from the uh, from the middle of the country over east seems to be the brightest. Jesus said a city that's set on a hill can't be hidden. Not even from outer space can it be hidden. It's visible. It can be, it can be seen everywhere. Now look at verse 15. 15 says... Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. It's the same, the same kind of image that Jesus was trying to, to get across when he used salt. And he said, salt that's not salty um, does no good. There's no purpose for it. It's a waste. It's useless. And it's kind of a similar thing that he says about a lamp. He says the reason someone would light a lamp in a house is to give light. Nobody lights a lamp and covers it up. And uh, this little lamp I had at the house. I think my parents gave us this lamp when Y2K happened. And everybody thought, you know, the whole world was going to shut down and there would be no electricity or anything. Um, so we have our little oil lamp that we, that we pull out and use from time to time. Jesus says you don't light a lamp and, and cover it up. And the reason we need light is because the default state of the world is darkness. That, that's, that's the way it was when it began. In Genesis 1, if we read verses 2 and 3, it says that the earth was formless, empty, and covered in what? Darkness. And then... The only way the darkness could be taken away is when God spoke out of his mouth and he said, let there be light. And he created light with the words of his mouth. And it says that he saw that the light was good. And then in verse 3, it said that God separated the light from the darkness. The only way to create darkness is to take away all of the presence of light. Have you ever noticed when you're in a a space that is just completely pitch black? And we use that phrase pitch black to describe what it feels like to be in a place where there's no light at all. And you can wave your hand in front of your face and not see anything. And that's an eerie feeling 
to be in a space that's completely pitch black because you can't see anything. You're completely unaware of what's around you. But even if you're in a place that's full of so much darkness, if you ever you notice that only the smallest hint of even faint glowing light will always break that darkness. That's because light always supersedes darkness. Darkness can't exist in the presence of light. Because darkness is simply the absence of light. So light always overcomes darkness. The only way that light won't overcome the darkness ever is if you hide it. It's if you cover it up. And Jesus says nobody lights a lamp for the purpose of shining a light and then covers it up. That's a waste. It's like unsalty salt. It does no good. It doesn't do what it was intended to do. So there are lots of ways that we can block the light of Jesus in our lives. He says you are the light of the world, but sometimes... It doesn't make any sense, but sometimes we can take baskets and bowls and things and put on top of that light to cover it up, to block it. In the same way that we said that sometimes things can creep into salt, other, other elements can be mixed up with it, other chemicals mixed up with it that can take away its saltiness, or, or you put water with it and it dilutes it. Those same things have, can be the blanket or the bowl or the basket that we put over the light of Jesus in our life to cover that. Our sin, our own personal sin can be the bowl that covers the light. Our fear sometimes is what covers the light because we're afraid. We don't know. We don't want to shine too bright for Jesus because we don't know what it's going to cost us. And because we're afraid, we cover it up. Sometimes we're fearful. To shine the way Jesus tells us to. And sometimes we're just doubtful. We're not sure that we can. Somehow we think that spiritual physics are different than than physical physics. We've said that light will never be overcome by darkness. Nothing can ever be so dark that it covers up light. But sometimes we're... Afraid, and we're not confident in our who Jesus says we are. He says, You are the light of the world. And sometimes He calls us to shine our light in the really, really darkest places. But it doesn't change the fact that you're light. When you're light in the darkness, the darkness can't overtake you. But sometimes we doubt that. We're afraid. We're we're afraid that I don't know if I can stand up to the darkness. Jesus says you will always be able to stand up to the darkness because you're light. Light always beats dark. But I got to thinking about this too. I thought we think about all the ways or the things that that in our own lives that can cover up the light of Jesus in us. And then I realized, what about the things in my life that can not only 
cover up the light of Jesus in my life. But what about the things in my life that can cover up the light of Jesus in you? In other people? Because I'm, I'm recognizing that as a pastor of a church, not that my light is more important than anybody else's, but I understand the influence of it. And if sin and doubt and fear cause me to cover my light, it's going to cause other people to never even give you a chance to shine yours. Because what they see of me is what they will think of all of us. Does that make sense? And so what's scary is that in, in allowing things in our life that will cover the light of Jesus in our lives, sometimes we not only cover our own light, but we cover the light of the believers around us. Because people will see the darkness because you're not letting Jesus shine the light and then they, they won't even give anybody else a chance. And then there's a, then there's a covering that goes over the light of the whole church and the light of Christianity because one or two people did something in this person's life that hurt them. Something that was done. They said something. They were hurtful. They were operating in the flesh. They did something completely not like Jesus. And because of that, their light is blocked from that person's view, but so is everyone else's. Jesus says the purpose of the lamp is to give light to everyone in the house. Your power goes out. You pull out your lights. You turn those on, your flashlights. And so you can get around. And so everybody who's living in the house can, can operate. They can do what they're supposed to do. They can see. We're sort of crippled when we can't see where we're going. So the light is for the benefit of those in the house. Do you realize that you should shine your light for Jesus for the benefit of people in this house? Too? It's not all about the people outside the house. But Jesus says your light gives light to everybody in the house. But it also is a signal, and it was in that day, it's also a signal to the people outside the house. Travelers, people who were coming by who would see a, a house with a light, a lamp coming from the window that said, this is a place that you can come. This is a door that's open to you if you need something, if you need rest, if you need food, if you need anything, this door is open for you. We want this house to be open. <laughs> we want this house to be a place that when people come, they see the light of Jesus shining out the window to say, hey, you can come in here and you can have your needs met. You can be loved. So Jesus says, never would anybody light a lamp and cover it up. So instead of covering up, what do we do? Verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Why? 
that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We let our light shine so that people can see. Shine your light and let the whole world see. Right? We just sang that. What do they see? Well, Jesus says, shine your light so that people can see what? Your good deeds. But it's really important for us to understand what Jesus is talking about here. When he says good deeds, I don't think, he doesn't mean it the way I think most of us think about it when we talk about good deeds. He's not talking about the quality of our effort to do good things in the eyes of other people. Even though, even though that's important, we should care about the quality of the deeds and the works that we do in the name of Jesus. But that's not what makes them good. It's not that there are good deeds and then there are bad deeds he said, because you're not trying hard enough. Jesus says he's talking about the attractiveness and the beauty of the works because of the light that he provides. He says, let your light shine so that they may see your deeds. And your deeds are going to be good if the light that is shining from your deeds is from me. It's always going to be good. The goodness of our deeds doesn't come from us. The goodness of our deeds come from Jesus. So when he says, let your light shine so that they may see your good deeds, he doesn't mean make sure that, <laughs> make sure that your deeds are good. Don't do... He's, he's saying, let, let the world see your deeds and let them see my goodness in them. Because they're, they're always good. If they come from the light that I put in you, they're going to be good. And so let people see the good ones. Let people see the ones that come out of the light that comes from me in and through you. You notice that in that verse, the only action there is the choice to either shine the light or to hide it. Jesus doesn't say that we make our deeds good. Jesus makes our deeds good. He says your deeds will be good because they're mine if they come from the light that you shine. And if that light comes from me and there really isn't any light other than the light of Jesus. So that means that there's something a little scary about this whole desire that we have to to let people see our good deeds. If our deeds are only good when they come from the light of Jesus in us and the light of and the light that comes from us isn't from us it's from Jesus. If we don't have the light of Jesus in us and we're still trying to good, do good deeds, does that mean we can do deeds that we think are good and do those in the darkness? Yeah, because we want to say sometimes, look at, look at what I'm doing. Like, look at, look at the stuff. Look at, these, look at these good things that I'm doing. Look at the deeds that I do. Jesus says, if your works haven't come from me, and your works aren't from, the deeds aren't from the light that comes from me, they really aren't 
as good as you think they are. And since the only real light comes from Jesus, I'm afraid that there are too many people who are wandering around thinking they're doing good deeds in the name of Jesus, but they're doing them in the dark. Because there's no light in them. They think they're manufacturing their their own light. But Jesus says there is no light other than the one I give you. So how do you tell the difference? Here's how you tell the difference. If we're, if the good deeds that we're letting people see in us are from, are shining from the light that Jesus puts in us, those deeds will make Jesus famous instead of us. That's the difference. If the good deeds that we're doing are making us famous, then maybe they're not as good as we think they are. Jesus says, let your light shine and let them see your good deeds because good deeds come from my light. And when you let my light shine in you, those good deeds will come out of you. But if you've got good, what you think are good deeds and what other people tell you are good deeds coming out of you, but they're not making Jesus famous, they're not really that good. What happens when deeds come out of Jesus' light are things like people's hearts begin to change. Strongholds and, and things that people have in their life start to be torn down. Chains begin to break in people's lives. People who found themselves in a place where there doesn't seem to be any way out of what they're going through, Jesus cuts a path in the middle of and he makes a way where there isn't any other way. And I'll say this, that when we're letting our light shine, the light of Jesus shine in us, people's hearts will become convicted by the truth of his word. And by the love that he shows. I can't help but think about all the times in the Gospels when, and in the New Testament where Paul says, look, if everybody in the whole world is happy with you and think you're great, and you're not, nothing that you do offends, the Gospel offends the world. And so if everything we do is all hunky-dory with the world, then maybe we're not really shining the light of the Gospel. Because conviction comes when we're shining the light of the gospel. And then people's hearts change and wayward sons and daughters come home. Those are things that our goodness can't do. Only, only Jesus. But here's the key. You can't shine the light of Jesus unless the light of Jesus is in you. Because when we're left to ourselves, this is, what, this is all we have. And this isn't going to light up anything. And you say, well, Eric, I, wanna, I, I want to be that. I, I want to shine. And I try to shine. I try to do good things. I try to do the stuff that Jesus wants me to do. The things that we talk about in church that are good. I try to do all those good things. You can try and you can do all those good things. 
But it's possible that you're doing all of those good things in the darkness. Because the only really good works come from the light of Jesus. And Jesus' light isn't lit or birthed in us until the gospel until the gospel brings us to life until Jesus puts his light in us we don't have it we can't have it we can't manufacture it on our own so this light only comes from an encounter with Jesus through the gospel through salvation We can't shine the light until we're sons and daughters of God and we don't become sons and daughters of God until we're birthed into the kingdom. And Jesus puts his light in us. And then, once that happens, then you can really, really shine. 